Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time. So we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Drinking my coffee right now. Is it weird hearing yourself sing every week? Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood award history. My name is Corey. My name is Jeff. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing good. Mostly because I found out that you were wrong last week. Yes. Yeah, so there About was a bit of a grammatical de- errors. There's a bit of a debate over the spelling of a particular word. No, it was the sound of a particular word. <laughs> well, yes. Okay. So I was incorrect, but uh, k- kind of okay being right almost. You were not right. <laughs> It's not Cumberbunt. No, I know. Okay, it's so we, if you if you have not listened to part one, uh, there is a discussion that we have about the fact that I was wearing a tux because I thought we were doing our Emmy recap. Uh, turns out we were many weeks late because I was on vacation and didn't realize that the Emmys were weeks weeks in the past. Exactly. Uh, I was wearing uh, a, a thing around my waist that matched my bow tie. Cumberbund. I looked really nice. Um, I thought that it was called a Cumberbund. And I, I know now, thank you, Twitter and uh, Google, uh, that I'm, I'm wrong, that there's no T at the end of Cumberbund. But Cumberbund is one of those fun words that can be spelled two different ways. And one of those ways is with a D at the end. So you would the say words, Cumberbund? Making the word sound like Cumberbund. And I was, you know, phonically mishearing people say Cumberbund and added a T in my brain spelling of the word. So I'm wrong, but I'm not so far off of, you know, I didn't call it like a, you know, by another name. Sure. Or it, it's it's a Mumford son. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't just make up something. It was steeped in something that was real. It was just also incorrect. Okay. So moving on. <laughs> so I, I apologize. <laughs> I know now the error of my ways and right. uh, it's waistcoats from here on out. So this week, we'll be covering the 2013 Academy Awards. Mm -hmm. Yes, we talked extensively about uh, the year in cinema that was 2012 last episode, and we've come to a consensus of a uh, sort of shortened list of nominees for the 2013 Best Picture category. Okay, so we're going to go over the list of nominees, and Corey, why don't you start us off? All right, so our shortened list here of the 2013 Best Picture nominees are... Argo, who won the category. Django Unchained. Les Miserables. Lincoln. The Silver Linings Playbook. And we have one more we're adding to the list. Because it was so good. It was so good. We're going to put Lawless down, mm-hmm. which has got my boy. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Mm, or Gary Oldman. I'm not sure which of them is your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Uh, yeah, so the the other movies, which were, were fine movies, really... Uh, nobody fucking saw them, yeah. so we're not going to... Yeah, one, no, nobody really saw them, and two, uh, they really didn't have much of a chance at winning. Anyway, um, so yeah, let's uh, before we actually get through through the list, let's go ahead and um, refresh what our uh, metric is and what the categories in which we're scoring these films are. Yes, yeah, so when we talk about a metric system, what it is, it's our way of rating these movies for you all out there. So we rate these movies on a scientific scale of fingers. We <laughs> scientific <give> <laughs> fingers. 
Science fingers. Science fingers. We give movies. <laughs> we give movies a finger for each one of these categories. We give them one finger if a movie is timeless. We give them a second finger if a movie is compelling. If a movie is well cast, we give it three fingers. If a movie will hold up to multiple viewings, we give it a fourth finger. And if we would recommend this movie to anyone else, we give five fingers. So if if we get all five of those categories to a movie, they get the, what was it, the the uh, per- coveted, the coveted five fingers from Switch the Envelope. Yeah, coveted, I like that. If they suck, <laughs> sometimes they'll walk away with one finger, half a finger, yeah, but that's how no the fingers. game is played. So you can play at home. We pass, we uh, we post this on our our Instagram at switch the envelope. Check it out and uh, look it up so you can play along with your with your friend, your dog, your lover. Check it out. Yeah, and uh, feel free to uh, to leave a comment on the show notes uh, of Instagram or on our Twitter account at switch envelope, and let us know what you rated uh, these movies based off of our metric. Yeah, and every once in a while we'll throw up on our on our Instagram. We'll throw up like a movie just randomly that we think is mm-hmm. is you know that we haven't rated on the show, or like last week, right? We like our, our mini episode, the mini episode we did thirty second reviews, right? Which we uh, gave you uh, sort of our opinion of a particular movie and our finger rating system uh, score. Um, just without telling you how we arrived at that score. Yeah, we had many reviews about movies that were streaming, and it looks like we're working on a mini episode about um, a wrap-up of L.A. Comic-Con. Sure. So that should be sure. really fun. Before we get into our, our final list and give you the scores of these movies, uh, I hear Al beeping at us. I hear it too. Uh, he's back from his vacation. How was Alaska, Al? <laughs> um... Yeah, I think I think Al Al's got a bit that he wants to get into. Yeah, it's time for Al's useless Hollywood facts. In 2013, the movie Argo took home the Academy Award for Best Picture. This would become the second Academy Award for both producers, Ben Affleck and George Clooney. This would also make Argo the only Academy Award winner to ever be produced by two Batmen. The 2013 Academy Award nominee Django Unchained is a tribute to spaghetti westerns. As in all spaghetti westerns, people are riding horses. In this western, however, Jamie Foxx, an avid rider and equestrian himself, was able to ride his own horse, Cheetah. And that was Al's Useless Hollywood Facts. That was some facts. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed that one. Yeah? I did. I'll hold judgment. I think one day we're going to actually put a little longer useless Hollywood facts out here. We might. We, we might. might. I like I like the uh, the useless Hollywood facts uh, quite a bit, actually. I give Al shit for it. Sorry, Al. Um, I know you're listening. But uh, I do. I do enjoy the, the fun little tidbits, you know. I think maybe we might put out maybe a small little 30-minute 30, 30 episode of just useless Hollywood facts on maybe a one old Hollywood character or something. Maybe. Maybe. Stay we'll tuned. have to look for that. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned, Switches. All right. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and start on these nominees. Um, number one on our list here is the Ben Affleck-directed film. Okay. 
uh, in which he also starred with uh, John Goodman and that other guy. I'm assuming we're going Argo here. Yes. It's not Stanley Tucci. Who's who's the the, the other bald actor guy? <laughs> the guy that was in uh, every movie where he plays that guy. <laughs> His name is Al. God Al, where are you? I'm so glad to have you back, Al. I don't have to think anymore. Al, who who was the guy that was in uh, that was in Argo? Can, Brian Cranston? No, Al, stop fucking with us. Not Brian. That's our you joke. You couldn't pick up. You couldn't pick up Breaking Bad. Look. Uh, you know, actually, Brian Cranston is in this film. That's not a that's not a joke. Thank you, Al. Uh, the person I was thinking of, though, is the other one on on the list that you gave us, Al, is Alan Arkin. Ah, Alan Arkin. Yeah, yeah, I like Alan Arkin a lot. Uh, I just can't remember his name. <laughs> I don't like him that much, you know. Uh, but yes, we're talking about Argo, a uh, movie about uh, rescuing the hostages in the Iran Contra affair. So we gave this movie how many fingers? Two and a half fingers. Two and a half fingers. Why do we? Why do we do so low on this film? It, it seems like a steep score for Argo. It was uh, an enjoyable film. We both thought it was compelling. We both thought it was pretty timeless. Uh, Jeff had some issues with some of the casting. Casting. I really thought somebody other than Ben Affleck, yeah, could have done better than in this movie. I think he is a terrible actor. So overrated. Okay. I'm sorry. Everything he does just sucks. I don't have that much of a problem with with uh, Ben Affleck in name one great movie that Ben Affleck has done. I mean, the town was great. That was so. That was not a great no, movie. Not a great movie. Hmm. Well, I mean, okay, put it this way: it's forgettable. All right, I'll give you that. There's about seven other movies that have the exact same uh, Boston uh, dropkick Murphy's in- introduction type sure, of movie. But do they have John Hamm? Who cares? I care. John Hamm is a is a TV actor. Oh. So much more, Jeff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we did not feel like you would give a shit about watching this uh, multiple times, you know. And let's be honest, if people hadn't seen Argo, eh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple other movies that do a similar kind of, uh, have a similar intensity to it that I sure. thought are better movies. I mean, honestly, go see any of the Jack Ryan series and it kind of has the same vibe and feel it's this like espionage spy kind of a thing but not really and they're trying to like go you know do something behind and well the a, difference a with the, between this one thing. is that it's real life based on real life that's it's true based on real life i mean it still is a fictionalized account which makes it compelling but yeah like i, I don't know if you hadn't seen it, it, it there aren't very I mean, many munich i think is actually probably yeah, a better M- movie munich than is munich is a good one argo but um, you know, if you're specifically interested in the Iran Contra affair, then yeah, I guess I would recommend this movie. Like, well, the only movie I know of <laughs> that really dives into this would be no, Argo. American but... uh, what was the one with Tom Tom Cruise. American um... American Made. American Made. That's Iran Contra, basically. Yeah, but it's a. Yeah. He's the one. He's the one setting up Amer- Iran Contra. But that's I was. Oh, I guess he he was. That's that's the whole Iran Contra delivering affair. the. Uh, the munitions and stuff. Yeah, right? and if you're watching uh, the new, but that that movie centers mostly around sort of uh, like Colombian drug traffic. And then if you watch Narcos, it talks about him. Sure. Yeah. Because he was the one that was doing it all. Yeah. I, then go see that movie instead. Yeah. A very fun movie. It's a very fun movie yeah. until until later. Until the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it gets less fun. Yeah. <laughs> because real life things happen to this real life guy. Although the but... Narcos version of that uh, seems a lot less fun. Uh, you know what? It's been depicted in a few movies differently. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah, it 
and any way you shake it, that guy dies, and it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler <laughs> no, alert. It's, no, it's not a spoiler if it's a historical thing that people can look up on fucking Wikipedia. Did you know? Oh, why don't you tell them what the end of Lincoln is? Uh, Lincoln gets assassinated. Yeah. yeah. Actually, not in that movie. Well, yeah, he doesn't really center around. <laughs> but I'm saying eventually, yeah. that, that dude dies. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis shot right in the back Why don't you tell everybody what the end of JFK is? Uh, JFK also gets shot in the back Fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Lots. You're killing all these movies for me. Lots of historical Excuse compelling... the pun. <laughs> yeah, lo- lots of historical movies end with somebody getting shot in the back of their head. All right. Um, so yeah, two and a, two and a half star, uh, two and a half fingers is a. It feels like a low score. It is a better sort of. Uh, it's a more enjoyable movie than that score, but ultimately, it's not going to really stand the test of time. That right? like, fine. Two and a half fingers. Fucking move on. All right, let's go. Or go fuck yourself. All right, next on our list of nominees is Quentin Tarantino's seventh offering, Django Unchained. Nice. Nice. Yes. Uh, a Western, Jeff, I know you'll be soft on this one. <laughs> well, no, it's not that. It's actually, this movie doesn't feel like a Western. It is a Western, but it doesn't have the Western. Well, Hateful Eight is a Western. That Yeah. Django hate, Unchained eight, yeah. does not feel like a Western. I mean, it's, yeah, it's Western-esque, but it, it does, it feels... It almost feels like a parody of westerns. Uh, that was in, that's exactly what it was supposed to in be. In some way, like like a uh, gritty Blazing Saddles kind of a thing, where it's it's really outside looking in. Well, <laughs> on westerns, but it is absolutely a parody of of westerns because you have. I mean, he. Yeah, it is. The whole ending is just just a western on steroids. Yeah. You have it's yeah. Yeah, w- without the jokes, it's a it's a sort of satire of what a western is. He had took a lot of inspiration from uh, spaghetti westerns and and whatnot. Exactly. Sort of I mean, the, the music, the uh, the the ambiance of the film, the mm-hmm. way it's shot. A lot of it just he tried to make a spaghetti western, and mm-hmm. he succeeded. But it's just got a lot of uh, it's got a lot of Jamie Foxx brought into the. You see a lot of Jamie Foxx, yes. Although. From what I remember, including his testicles. From what I remember, it was supposed to be Will Smith. Oh, was Will Smith supposed? Will to Will Smith was supposed to play the main character. From what I heard, and then he read that page where his his balls are. No, I th- I just remember he was supposed to play the main character, and then when you think about it, wouldn't this be a completely different movie if it was Will Smith? Can you imagine Django uh, Unchained with Will Smith? I I think mm. I think it would be terrible. I don't know that it would be terrible. It would be different, but Wild Wild West. See, that that's the thing. There, there's <laughs> Wild Wild West Will Smith, but then there's like older Will Smith who's doing like the movie that's out right now, Gemini Man, and Pursuit of Happiness, uh, the Pursuit of Happiness, and the Concussion movie. And stuff, nah, where, but there's still like where a- he does have like the ability to play like a. Um, but this is not a straight serious up and down movie. character. This is not a straight up and down character. This is Jamie Foxx being Jamie Foxx. To a certain extent, but but there's it's dark humor. Well, yeah, there's the dark humor element, but there's also the sort of underpinning of the times that I think um, Quentin Tarantino does, ha- you know, keep in that this is a, um, you know, in the times that they were living, the slave labor, and you know, like, yeah, but I see, I see Swil- uh, Will Smith uh, and is. under like this complete world of oppression that's happening like you feel the weight of that throughout Django Unchained yeah but Will Smith is either men in black funny or he is pursuit of happiness serious I don't oh, see a no, middle ground no in between I don't see a middle ground well we'll never know because he never got to make this movie but like I I, I think Jamie Foxx was perfectly cast in this in this movie 
I do too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I can't imagine Will Smith or I don't. I can't imagine him doing this movie. Yeah, Will, Jamie Foxx is fantastic in this movie. Yeah, I I don't I don't want to see a movie where Jamie Foxx is not Django, <laughs> for sure. You know, um, I I enjoyed it a, a lot. Jeff enjoyed this movie a lot. We uh we ended up giving this five fingers on our on our metric. Absolutely, I can't say enough the good things about Django Unchained. If you have, except for if you are somebody who is squeamish. gets a little squeamish, <laughs> yeah. this movie's a little tough to see. Yeah, there's many ways. Actually, this has one of the most realistic scenes of slavery mm-hmm. when they go and show Mississippi. And he goes and walks mm-hmm. through Mississippi. It makes me cringe, man. Yeah, the um, the some of the themes in here uh, that really shine a light on the uh, not just the regular gross parts of slavery that we've all sort of become accustomed to uh, through our sort of history classes and whatnot, but the other like even darker sides. Where you know there was basically you know slave fights that were going on and and uh, the 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 terrible like underworld of uh, of uh, you know slave owners and you know what they would do with their quote unquote property it's uh, completely appalling and the movie does sort of explore that um, in that way that you know we have characters who are sensitive to it. And find it equally as appalling, but then at the same time have to sort of hold their emotions very close to the their you know their vest so that they don't expose themselves as being you know sort of uh, there to disrupt the whole shit you know exactly. Um, it's wonderfully paced. Uh, the ending is a bit in- indulgent, but I think from the perspective of modern America. That indulgence, very much in the same way that Inglorious Bastards is a uh, an indulgence at the end of that movie, where we get to just kill the fuck out of Hitler, being able to kill the fuck out of a uh, slave owner and all of the plantation workers, and, like just just massacre everybody who's complicit in it, um, is uh, like from an American audience standpoint, uh, who knows the history and is is saddened by the history, I think is a rewarding sort of indulgence. Um, to put into a movie so so many years later you know uh, though I'm sure there are some moviegoers who are like angry <laughs> at that because well, they're terrible <laughs> tread lightly here but you know um, people are still terrible in this country but I think the general um, sort of consensus is that slavery with, was bad with, without without having to draw too many societal <laughs> yeah I don't want to get too political this movie. Here, but like, this movie ends up being a really fun like a really fun like um, I guess you say western it's a lot of shooting a lot of um, it's got a great story it's got a great story from a guy going from a slave to um to being his own free man, mm-hmm. which is a great redemption story. It's got the story of his his uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's playing Christoph Waltz? Christoph Waltz. His character is great because he is just a bounty hunter who he's got all this all this panache mm-hmm. and grace. He's so great, and he's and he's someone who is has so much decorum, but yet he's a bounty hunter who is just all, only there to collect bodies and kill people. Mm-hmm. So he's got this great duality. It's a fantastic movie on so many levels. That's why I gave it five fingers because this movie, I can't say enough good things about it. It's it's an incredibly uh, balanced film for a film that 
contains nothing but caricatures. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it could have gone way off the rails and just been sort of like a stupid movie, cartoony and 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 wild. But there is this really tight core to it, and and these beautiful scenes, especially with Christoph Waltz, when you know when he's having his and I don't like Leonardo DiCaprio. His back and forth with Leonardo DiCaprio. I think he's, he's such a stupid actor. I don't like him, but this in this movie he's pretty good. He's great. He's great in this movie. Yeah, uh, there, there's a real real tight core to this movie that I think pushes it beyond. What um, it is sort of on the surface with the sort of way the the characters kind of present themselves is a little larger than than real life um, and dealing with very real themes that go through it with those larger than life kind of characters. Quentin Tarantino masterfully just brings it all all in on itself and uh, made a really, really great film. All right. So um, that is Django Unchained. Let's move on to our next film. All right, this is a, a musical. Although, pff, it's five fingers on Django and Chain, so fuck the rest of these, right? Right, you know <laughs> not, what I'm saying? Not necessarily, not necessarily. Oh, wait, what's this next film? Yeah, yeah, fuck this film. Uh, Les Mis isn't going to touch it, but there yeah. are other fine films on, on this list. Um, Les Mis is, uh, is a musical. Okay, first of all, before we do this one, I gotta just have to say, the Les Mis version, this is a shitty version of Les Mis. I just have to put mm-hmm. it out there. The music from Les Mis is fantastic. Russell Crowe killed it. Yeah, Russell Crowe is definitely the weakest link in this particular adaptation. Eh, um, Liv Tyler's doppelganger. <laughs> Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway is also uh, kind of terrible. She... I don't know how she got... Whatever. She snotted all over her scene. I think that's powerful, man. She, she was singing. We're gonna we're gonna fly past yeah. Anne Hathaway in this. They 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 were ambitious when they made this particular version of Les Mis, in that they the Liam had, Neeson version is way better. Well, but they had everybody sing live on on uh, set, right? So this isn't pre recorded tracks, which is. But I want the pre recorded. Well, it's, it's I want the 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 sandy version sure. of we go together right the pre-recorded <laughs> the the dancing and the i i just i want them to lie to me and just not have, a lot of dancing in, in this particular <laughs> i want them to lie to me and make me think that russell crowe can sing i don't care if he can sing yeah he turns out he can't really he really can't sing uh and making him sing live on a set is excruciating to it watch is. it's absolutely excruciating so I I didn't give this this movie I think any points. Uh, yeah, there was only one half point that it that it actually got. Uh, the, there's a half a finger that this this film received. Which I is took off for I took off for for everything. Uh, <laughs> you didn't. You scored no on no. But everything. I took off. You would think that I give it for a good cast, but I didn't because Russell Crowe shouldn't have been cast in that character in that in that part. Agreed. And also I took off because Liam Neeson wasn't care it wasn't cast. <laughs> <laughs> The only person worth a shit in Les Mis is Hugh Jackman. Um, Hugh Jackman. But he is not enough. Um, yeah, I, I gave it a half a point for being timeless because it is shot well. It doesn't look like it's going to be one of those movies where you're like, ooh, that was made in 2012 um, necessarily. The music in general is the same music that we've been listening to, you know, except for maybe two songs that they made new for this particular adaptation. Um so in general, I think it will hold up, and audiences will continue to pick it up. The problem is, is that it, it's not very good. But I don't think that the source material is particularly great. I think so people are going to look back I'm on this one as a very bad version of it. Version of it, I do. But I don't think that that makes it not timeless. 
it was my justification. So I it, think it's terribly un. I don't think it's. I don't think people are going to look back on. I think people are going to look at this version and go, they tried to put the theater version in the movies with non-theatrical actors. Yeah, had they got a bunch of uh, like relatively unknown to movie Tina audiences, if they got Menzel up there doing it, sure, yeah. then you would have a great movie. If they had gotten real like singers, even if and, you had what's his name, yeah. uh, Neil Patrick Harris up there, sure. doing shit, it would be a great movie. You have to have some Tony Award winners. Now, if you would have um, what's his name that's doing all the singing and dancing, Hamilton, Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel, if he was up there, it would be a fantastic movie. Sure. You can't have Russell Crowe up there. Although I'm not sure that Lin Manuel would have been a good Jean Valjean. Why? I don't know. He would probably be a great Jean Valjean. It's the only character name I know from the fucking movie. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> it's the only thing that my brain retained. Oh, I, okay. I, I shut down a lot while I was watching this particular movie. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, half a okay, finger. Half a finger. We that is I think it's a the bloody lowest. stump. Really. I think that's the lowest we've ever given a movie. Uh, ye. Mm. We've never given a movie no fingers. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that we've given a no fingers. Yeah, I think we've. That's the lowest think, we've ever given a movie. Half a finger is the lowest. Yeah. Wow, half a bloody finger. You know, it's just man. A, a stump. All right, let's move on to the next one. That is a shitty movie. All right. Uh, so if you trust us and you believe in our <laughs> our uh, our reviews, man, that was a terrible movie. It was. It was absolutely. All shit. right, moving on to the next one. Lincoln. Got Steven, s- Steven Spielberg directed movie. Yeah. I'm super excited to go and review this one. Lincoln's another historical drama, though much better than the previous. <laughs> much better than the previous. No singing by Russell Crowe. No, no singing by Daniel Day Lewis either. Either one, and definitely no singing by Tommy Lee Jones. No, 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 no. That's not why they would hire him anyway. Although I think Tommy Lee Jones does have a theater background and probably could sing. I don't want to see him sing. I don't want to see him sing. It'd either. be like seeing Gene Hackman sing. Right. Although, you know, you never know. Yeah. Jeff Bridges has got a cool Watch cool on the masked voice. singer. They'll take off one of their masks. It's going to be like fucking Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman is the B. Oh, that's Gene fucking Hackman show. is the, yeah. They, they wouldn't be able to get somebody that high up on a celebrity list. Which is funny because on that show, they always have them guessing people like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like Tina fucking Turner would not be on your show. Yeah, no fucking way. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I mean, when the, when the last person that came on here was fucking Dr. Drew, yeah. okay, they're not going to have, they're not going to have like Justin Bieber is not going to be on this show. Yeah. You know be I mean? like, here's a hint. She was in the Supremes, but you won't know her name. <laughs> she was the Supreme that got kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> it's Laura Supreme. Yeah. You know. Uh, but Lincoln, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, so obviously, you know, it's an Academy Award contender just right off the bat. You cast Daniel Day-Lewis, you're going to get some Oscar uh, buzz, right? Yes. Um, we thought it was a, a fairly good movie, uh, but it did it did have some shortcomings. The final finger score on this one was... It's boring. It is a, is it a, it is a little long and, and, uh, and boring. Like most Daniel Day-Lewis movies. <laughs> this is true. With the... <laughs> The exception of all the the parts that he was in Gangs of New York. That was gonna say, that, that's literally exactly what I was going to say. But all the rest of the movie? Pretty boring still. <laughs> Gangs of New York was a great movie. And so was Last of the Mohicans. I love that movie. I mean, look, Martin Scorsese wants to stand up on, on a, a fucking pedestal and shout down Marvel movies. But he's made some stinkers, I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, you know what? He can if if you know Martin Scorsese could even try and make a movie that doesn't happen in New York and doesn't have the same cast and doesn't have gangs gang members in it. That would be fantastic. You know what I love about the whole Martin Scorsese Marvel feud thing that's going on here is Marvel 
like they they helped invent the the technology to make people's faces younger. Yeah. And put them on older actors. Yeah. You know? And then he used that technology in The Irishman to make Robert De Niro look younger. And then goes and shits all over the Marvel movies. <laughs> it's like, dude, if they weren't making those movies and making those innovations in CG and uh, effects and all that kind of stuff, you wouldn't have been able to do what you did in your latest movie. So maybe eh, settle down a little bit. And every one of his movies takes place in New York starring Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro. Yeah, you know. He, Whatever. He does, he does make a lot of the same movie over and over again. Um, but I'll watch him, you know. I, uh, um, and anyway, Lincoln is Steven Spielberg, and it's a, it's a great movie. Um, we gave it three, three and a half stars. I think I said that. Uh, basically, we thought it was timeless. You know, the story of Lincoln um, is something that, especially for American audiences, we'll keep coming back to. And under sort of Spielberg's hand... Uh, become sort of instant kind of classic cinema. You know, it's, even Scorsese, I mean, we're kind of shitting on Scorsese, but like he makes a movie and it kind of becomes an instant American cinema classic, you know, even if it's kind of a shit film, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, same thing with Spielberg. Uh, we found it compelling, though it does run a little long in parts uh, that... Well, you know, you gotta, make, you gotta remember, the Spiel, guys like Spielberg now, mm-hmm. their stuff just instantly sells because they kind of own the industry. Sure. That's not, I mean, that's... They kind of have a monopoly on the movie industry. Well, they they make weak films for them sometimes, but they don't ever make shit films. Yes, agreed. So where we where Lincoln lost points was in uh, multiple viewings. Uh, this isn't necessarily a movie where you're just gonna throw it on because you know you're not having a a, a party and watching Lincoln, <laughs> and on a on a rainy Saturday you're not like ah, let's watch Lincoln. <laughs> I mean, you could if you're into historical films, but I, I don't could. think I think it's a long film. It's difficult to get through if you're not really into if it's, if it's not really into a historical film. You're not going to watch this film. Yeah, of of the pre-emancipation films that are on this list, Django Unchained is getting put in before before Lincoln. I'm every I, single. Time. I love history, and it, Lincoln did not appeal to me. Yeah, it it felt a little bit at times. It felt a little bit like trying to sit through a lecture. Yeah, it feels like, like sitting through history there's, class. There's some sort of uh, minutiae that's happening in in some of the parts of, of Lincoln where it's just like, we, we don't need, we don't need. I know that it's probably historically significant that this is happening at this particular moment, but can we move on? Exactly. You know. All right, so. Uh, and then uh, would you recommend the film? I would recommend the film because there's not a lot of movies about specifically Lincoln. And so if you would want to watch a film about that era and about Lincoln and sort of what his his motivations were at the time, it's a good representation of that, um, but I, I, you know, I was a little on the fence. Jeff did not feel like you needed to see this movie. No, and I wouldn't recommend Lincoln if you hadn't seen it. If you hadn't seen it, I'd say you know, get if you get around to it, maybe. Mm-hmm. A lot more historical films that are out there. Actually, if you were going to try, if you really want to know about Lincoln, I would tell you to go see the 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 Ken Burns series because that was captivating. Well, documentary very different than sort of. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If th- they tried to make a documentary that was exciting with this movie. They did. Exciting. They tried to make an exciting documentary that was a movie. Sure. Okay. I would rather just watch the documentary. Sure. Ken Burns made a fantastic fantastic documentary. Yeah, they they I also I would rather watch the documentary. 
They also focused on a, a sort of uh, era of Lincoln's presidency that, while historically significant, wasn't like the the like flashy story part of Lincoln's it's after presidency, his reelection. Yeah, you know. Um, <clears throat> all right, so three and a half fingers for Lincoln. Uh, next on our list is silver, the Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah. Whew. This movie starring Bradley Cooper and J Law. I like them both. De Niro's in this movie. Not a Scorsese movie, but De Niro's in this movie. Yeah, this movie is a well-cast Lifetime movie. It is. It is. It is a well-cast Lifetime movie. Yeah, this is... Uh, so, ladies, get out your Kleenex and men if you like those movies. Hallmark Channel. Hallmark Channel can definitely show this movie. Sure. It probably does. You know. Uh, there, there, there wasn't a lot in this movie that I cared about. What about the meat cute do we have a meet cute in there? I, there is a meet cute. It, it's uh, between it's, uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper. Do they have a meet cute somewhere in there? Corey, let's let's hear about it. it there is a meet cute in there. Uh, it has more to do with them being damaged individuals and uh, sort of s- circling around each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he discovers that she dances. I, I Would you put it on your meet cute list? No, this isn't. This is. This wouldn't make my like romantic comedy list. No. Okay. So um, mostly because it's depressing and sad. Yes, mostly okay. because of the comedy element is is missing tremendously in this movie. <laughs> but it has a meat cute. It does have a bit of a meat cute, and it does have the sort of trappings of romantic comedy, except for the comedy part. Gotcha. All right. So um, I gave it some low scores. Some low scores. What yeah, do we, what we, do we, give it we agreed. Combined? We agreed across the, the board on this movie. We decided that it wasn't timeless. It wasn't compelling. Uh, it was pretty boring through most of the movie, I, I've got to admit. And it, it's weird because it's so it so tries to like add stuff that would like make guys like this movie a lot more. Where he's like, he's a football fan, and they, the Philadelphia Eagles, and you know, all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, but it, they picked the wrong team for me. Well, yeah. it, it, that's irrelevant. Like, the sport of football. It is not irrelevant. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this particular character happens to like the Eagles. That's the thing. But, like. Do you the, think I'd go out and watch a, a Mark Wahlberg film about a guy who joins a fucking, like, the, the Philadelphia Eagles as, a, as the, on the training squad just to become an Eagle? I mean, I did watch. Oh, that yeah, movie. I did too. Yeah, I watched yeah, that movie. Yeah, I totally did. I, I I enjoyed that movie, though it isn't. It's pretty. It isn't, pretty damn uh, good movie. You know, it's not gonna. It and the hot girl that was that, an Oscar that dated him, that was that was wearing the wearing the New New York Giants shirt. Yeah. See, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And he he ran yeah. with, with a football. And when they showed the actual girlfriend in the end, it looked nothing like the girl that was in the movie. <laughs> well, either did the guy that Mark Wahlberg was playing. <laughs> he looked the real guy looked super Italian. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Or Greek. Mark Wahlberg Greek. does not. No, the guy yeah. was like very Greek or Italian. I don't know. Um, Papelli, yeah. Papelli, Papelli. I think that was his name. Mm, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's a Silver Linings Playbook. I, yeah, I, I found it boring uh, through most of it. Uh, I did not. I was not like sympathetic towards any of the characters. I was just more like apathetic towards all these characters. Like I didn't have any emotion towards. There was no silver lining in your playbook. Any of, of the characters. No. Um, yeah, it was. There was a lot of people in the movie. Like you said, it's a well cast lifetime movie. There was a lot of people that were uh, acting their butts off in this movie, trying. But I just there wasn't anything there for them to really do that made you care enough for me you know what about when joe pesci comes into the movie 
and uh, shoots Bradley Cooper in the leg. He's like, hey, uh, and then they had, and then Robert De Niro's like, hey, you're gonna go dig the body. Yeah, that that did not happen in this movie. No, no. yeah, no. Um, In the sequel, in the sequel, okay, gotcha. Or or was that the reason why Bradley Cooper misses the? the dance competition at the end because he got shot in the leg by Joe Pesci. Well, what about the time when... to it or What about the part when Jennifer Lawrence pulls back the arrow and just to start shooting Bradley Cooper and she makes him run? She's like, run! And then he has to run. She's like shooting the arrows at him. Yeah, and Robert De Niro was like, I volunteer as tribute instead of my son. Don't kill my son. I think we're mixing up some movies here. I think so, too. Uh, But we wouldn't watch it multiple times. We would not recommend this movie. Uh, so that that's the uh, five nominees that were actually nominated uh, for the 2013 Best Picture. We did have an alternate. We did have an alternate. We had Lawless. Lawless was the the sexy drama starring um, Shia LaBeouf. Who's that guy? What that one guy? I was asking. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. No, not not Tom Hardy. I was talking with the guy. Oh, we, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, who looks really creepy in this film. He Something going on with his looks hair. Creepy in every film. No, but... he doesn't. Not in Nelly Confidential. He looks great, man. He's got the nice high cheekbones. He's got, yeah, he's got a real angular face. He does so angular. It's like like him and Willem Dafoe are always. No, uh, Willem Dafoe looks so freaky. He they, looks really they always good. Always kind of kind of look like. No. Nosferatu is what Willem Dafoe, when Willem Dafoe played Nosferatu, <laughs> they look like they fucking looked right. They both look like you've stretched skin over just a skeleton. <laughs> both of those guys, you know what I mean? Like they they don't have like the rest of the facial tissue that the rest of us have. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, very <laughs> just, very they're so angular. <laughs> you know that they're very striking individuals. Yes, you know quite unique look to both of those guys yes definitely uh to to guy pierce uh to to the effect of the character that he's playing in this particular movie and he looks honestly, like a vampire in this film <laughs> he does, a he does. he's in all black he's got black black uh gloves mm-hmm. super weird uh tom hardy um is great performance you never see his face in the movie he's got a hat over his face the whole time right. he talks in a low like mm-hmm. batman kind of, voice kind of mumbles <laughs> the movie's great though shia labeouf is great uh, Shia LaBeouf gets a lot of flack uh, for he's being a fucking weirdo, being weird, but he's, he's a great actor. He's a tremendous dramatic actor. Holes, man, Holes, great, great movie back then. Back Hol- in the day, Holes is a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. John John Voight playing a, a villain in that movie, and you're forgetting about Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, she playing, plays the playing villain. A villain. She in that puts movie on the well. snake, the snake mm-hmm. venom uh, nail polish, and smacks John Voight in the face and. It, Swells up I his mean, face. That that is a uh, hole specifically is uh, like an example of a great adaptation of like children's literature to a movie. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I like, actually like those. Uh, no, no, I I, I absolutely uh, I love when a movie feels like, like Hocus a book. Pocus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Hocus Pocus is one is like the perfect Halloween movie. Yeah, and it is geared towards a, like it's made for kids, but because it is so well made, uh, the story is is so like you know well crafted and compelling. Because um, and the tone in which the movie is made appeals to everybody. Anyway, getting back to what we're saying, Lawless, great. We gave Lawless how many fingers? We gave Lawless one finger for being timeless. Uh huh. We gave it one finger for being 
compelling. Compelling because I mean, Prohibition era, Prohibition. Moon, moonshine running. And this movie is is really it's intense at parts. It is fun at parts, and it is also uh, very dramatic. So mm-hmm. it goes back and forth. It is a really good movie. It's ups, got its ups and downs. It's got a little bit of this supernatural element to it because they think that Tom Hardy's character can't be killed. So sure. there's a lot of like this. Yeah, there's, back a, and forth there's about, a like a living myth. Yeah, kind of kind of a thing about going how on. he can't die. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's um, one of the more compelling things for me as well is that it is a movie about prohibition that is not a gangster movie. It deals with people breaking the law and people. Um, you know, a G-men coming to hunt the people that are running this moonshine, but it's not like a Tommy gun. Well, I don't think there's Tommy guns in it, but like, it's not a gangster movie. Yeah. It's you, not you know Al Capone. It's not. Yeah. And actually what's interesting about this movie is the people that are, the people that are, that are violent and awful are the policemen. Mm-hmm. Cause the, the moonshiners are really just these kind of backwoods dudes that are just, mm-hmm making they're entrepreneurs right they're making they're making liquor but they're really not doing anything wrong they're not hurting anybody sure yeah well they're not yeah they're not actively trying to you know run a an empire they're, they're just, not they're just trying a drug to make, empire they're just making yeah, moonshine. They're, just, they're just trying to for their neighbors know. actually i think in this i don't uh, think it's yeah the surrounding communities but yeah because they sell it to a couple uh dance halls and, and stuff like yeah, that. yeah but too. they're not like they're, they're not they're not doing like joe they're not selling it to joe joseph kennedy and selling it out <laughs> around the world no 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 no, they're not running a ring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, but it, it's also well cast. I mean, we talked about Guy Pierce, uh, this skeleton with skin, um, being creepy, but <laughs> in a way that perfectly suits his character with the gloves and everything that, that, you, that you've already described. Shia LaBeouf is great. Tom Hardy is great. All the other supporting cast members. Gary Oldman's in this movie. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's really, really uh, well acted uh, across the board. Uh, it has a, a great tone to it. Um, it's a movie that we both thought we could watch multiple times. I have it's a movie watched. I have watched. Yeah, we both watched multiple times and have enjoyed it every time we've watched it. And um, it's definitely a movie that both of us would recommend. The movies that I feel the most comfortable with on this list are the movies I can go back and watch over and over again. Mm-hmm. I can go back and watch Lawless. And Django Unchained over again. So we'll look at them. So those are the only two movies that we considered watching multiple times, which is interesting to that yeah. point. Uh, so yes, coming in at last place with a half a finger is Les Mis. Or Boo. Les Miserables. Um, Your French accent's way better than it's, mine. It's, well, it's, and it's terrible, so that doesn't say much. <laughs> no. I can only do like Irish. Coming in just above... Les Mis with <laughs> one finger. Silver Linings Playbook. One finger. We really, yeah. really did these harsh this week. Coming in at fourth was Argo with two and a half fingers. Third was Lincoln at three and a half fingers. And then tied at the top. The two movies that are left are Django Unchained and Lawless with perfect five finger scores. Jeff, what does that mean? <laughs> That means we get to do rock, paper, scissors, Oscar. Oh, it's my favorite thing, but also simultaneously the thing in this show that gives me the most anxiety, Jeff. You know about this? What's really funny? Mm. I will represent either movie. I don't care because I love both yeah. of these movies. I, I don't care. I this don't is care the either. first time we've done this where I think Django Unchained or Lawless will make a great switch of the Amva fucking lope. Should we just tie them up? No, we got to have a winner. Oh, okay. We have to have a clear winner. Got to have a winner. 
Okay, here we go. Like they actually switched the envelope here. Which one do you want? Uh, I'll take Django. Cool. Lawless. It, it's the first one written. <laughs> cool. I got Lawless. Here we go. All right, so I'm playing for Django Unchained. Jeff is playing for Lawless. Rock, Rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors Oscar. Oscar. Ooh, my scissors cuts his paper point for Django. Rock, Rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors Oscar. Oscar. Ooh, oh, my rock crushes his scissors. That means Django would have won anyway. Two points for Django. Is then two it's, out of three? Is it three out of five? Two out of three. It's <laughs> two out of three. Two out of three, it wins! Whoever Yay! does three out of five. What, do you play from Canada? <laughs> I thought we were going, I thought we were doing like a, a Major League Baseball first round of the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, this is rock, paper, scissors. Uh, so Django Unchained, rightfully. Through, it's science, it's confirmed our opinions... We were slanted that way anyway. Django Unchained wins for Switch the Envelope. We're going to change the Wikipedias. We're going to make sure everyone knows that 2013's Academy Awards should have been switched by Switch the Envelope to Django Unchained. So you guys there at the uh, Academy office, walk right over to Ben Affleck and take his Oscar and give it right to Quentin Tarantino. He already has too many anyway. Right. One. One too many. Yeah. <laughs> I think actually Quentin Tarantino probably has more, doesn't he? He does, yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so uh, so we hope but you not, enjoyed. Not best picture. We hope you enjoyed this. Um, please please leave us a review. Write us. Leave shit on our Twitter. Listen to more episodes. Listen to more episodes. <laughs> uh, definitely review us. Subscribe. Corey, you do this pretty, spiel pretty much wherever you you get your podcast. We're we're on there. Um, you can leave us a review on any of those particular services. Uh, we would much appreciate that. Also, you can hit us up on our social media. Our Twitter account is at Switch Envelope, or you can uh, get to us on our Instagram account at Switch the Envelope, or you can go to switchtheenvelope.com for all your Switch the Envelope needs. Awesome. Um, there's only one thing left to do. Corey, do you know what that last thing is? Ooh, we got to dedicate this episode. We have to dedicate this episode. So. We are going to dedicate this episode to an actor who is making his way up and acting right now. Mm -hmm. He is the new star of the ABC, NBC, I don't know, some show. Uh, maybe CBS. CBS show Unicorn. But back in 2012 when we were talking about all these Oscar movies, mm -hmm. this man was in both Django Unchained and he was in... Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah. playing Billy Crash, and Corey, was the other one? Clay Hawkins, I Clay believe. Clay Hawkins. So we're going to dedicate this episode to Mr. Walter, Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins. You may know him from Justified, you may know him from Sons of Anarchy, or you might know him from his new show, Unicorn. Great actor. He was in two movies this year. Dedicating this episode to Walton Goggins. Here's to you, Walton. As for the rest of you, have a great evening, day, whatever it is that you're listening to us on. And we'll see you later, Switches. Later, Switches. Switch the Envelope is a Riff Laugh production.